Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Early to bed, early to rise, then get up and exercise. It makes a man a far-right white supremacist? Today's show is an interesting one. I often say I'm excited uh, or thrilled to bring a show to you, and I would say more often than not, that's true and not hyperbole at all. But uh, today I'm neither excited or thrilled uh, to bring this show to you because I wish I didn't ever have to bring a show like this to you because the insanity level that we will explore within this episode of Vitality Radio will be pretty high up there. Maybe not quite as high up as what we did for a couple of years during COVID, but still pretty high up there. Welcome to the show. I'm Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again. This one won't be too long, I don't think, but uh, I've got a few notes and I'm going to ramble a bit. Uh, There will definitely be some ranting. We're going to talk about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I, how I introduced the show. You may have seen that article or those articles uh, from medium.com and msnbc.com. And I want to just be very, 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 very clear with you as I before I start. This show is traditionally and optimally apolitical, uh, not really choosing a side. Uh, when I look at the side's that we have to choose from. I get uh, neither thrilled nor excited. Uh, This is about health and health freedom and health propaganda. And unfortunately, the articles that we'll be talking about, while they do come from very left-wing sources and are squawking about right-wing extremism, it really isn't about what it's about. It's about the insanity of the articles themselves, regardless of which side is squawking about which. And I try to stay, like I say, pretty neutral politically. I, You probably know, it's probably maybe fairly obvious that I lean a little bit more on the conservative side of things or the more libertarian conservative side of things. That's really how I see myself. Uh, Let's get the government out of my way, especially when it comes to taking care of my health and the health of my children, which is why I struggled so much during the COVID years uh, and worked tirelessly, I think, researching all of that to bring that information to you. If you're a relatively new listener to Vitality Radio, which a lot of people are because the show has grown exponentially since over the last year or so, um, then... If you're curious, go back, go back and listen to April, May, June, you know, and on uh, with Vitality Radio back in 2020 and 2021, and you'll get a better feel for where I'm at. But again, this isn't about political, and I don't care if you consider yourself a liberal. I'll tell you that one of my favorite liberals in the whole wide world is actually very political right now, running for president, uh, RFK Jr. And while I don't agree with him on some things, I 
definitely agree with him on others. And what I really like about him is I think he's actually pretty honest, which makes him a rare human being in the political uh, spectrum. So again, not about politics. Don't get turned off if you don't love that I'm bashing one side or the other. This is really just me trying to get out to you my feelings about how we really need to be fully aware that no matter where we're getting our news from, including Vitality Radio Podcast, there is always inherent bias within that information. I do my very best to stay as neutral as I possibly can, but it's hard to be neutral about things that you sell. It's very hard to be neutral about things that you designed or formulated in the case of my products. I just did a whole show a week or so ago about my multivitamin and how much I think it's awesome and you ought to give it a shot. So yeah, not easy to be unbiased when you're talking about those things. It's like uh, you know not thinking that your kids are the cutest ones on the block. So it is what it is, and that's what this show's about, is trying to at least, I guess, give you my take on how we can tell what is and what isn't, and how I believe it makes the most sense to consume news and then vet that news. So that's what the show's about today. Again, I'm Jared St. Clair, Vitality Radio, brought to you by Vitality Nutrition com and Vitality Nutrition, our brick and mortar store that is celebrating its 46th birthday. I call it a birthday instead of an anniversary. I think birthdays are, you know, a little more interesting, exciting, whatever. Um, I always think about how excited I was as a young child about a birthday. So we call it a birthday. 46 years we've been celebrating, or we've been in business, and now we're celebrating that. Uh, a lot of stuff going on throughout August uh, with the website and the store and actually really starting the end of July. And uh, so, you know, stay tuned there. Stay tuned to the social media. If you're not a subscriber uh, to Vitality Radio, please do so. If you're not a subscriber on our website, uh, throw your email address in there. You'll be privy to some really unique opportunities and deals. And uh, that's one way to really, uh, you know, stay tuned in to what we're doing at Vitality Nutrition and VitalityNutrition.com. Also, the social media is at Vitality Nutrition Bountiful and at Vitality Radio. You can find us there. All right, let's jump into this. The first article is titled, Why Waking Up Early is Rooted in White Supremacy. Now, I am a white guy. Um, I don't know if you can tell that from the stamp. I think it probably appears that I am. I am definitely Caucasian. Uh, have uh, European blood from both my mother and my father. And I don't believe that that really means a whole heck of a lot one way or the other, but I do have to disclose that if I'm going to talk about somebody bashing white supremacy uh, when it comes to waking up early. I'm going to tell you something else about myself. I am a night person by nature. I love staying up at night. I feel some of my most productive hours are the ones that are at the end of the day. I know a lot of people feel the exact opposite way. I would even dare say that there are people that are not white that feel that way about getting up early and people who are white that feel that way about staying up late. You know what I mean? And so my point is, to me, it's a whole lot more about just kind of how you are, how you're wired, maybe how you were raised, that type of thing. I'm not a natural early riser, but I will tell you this, that when I rise early, 
I always, and this is speaking for me, okay? This is not uh, stereotyping everybody that gets up early or chooses not to. Speaking for me, I get up early, I get way more done. When I have that higher energy, it takes me a while to get that higher energy early in the morning because it is not my natural uh, proclivity to wake up early like that. But regardless, when I do it and I get excited about what I'm going to do that day, I'm productive. And when I'm productive, I feel good. I feel like I've done something, like I've accomplished something. I have a little bit of, um, you know, pat myself on the back kind of feelings like, hey, Jared, you did it today. You got up early. You got five more things done than you normally would have if you would have slept in. So yeah, I'm a naturally white and I'm also naturally a night person. So whatever that means. But this is what the article says. The early rising ideology is not inherently racist. Well, thank you for that. Uh, good author. Uh, however, its connections to white supremacy can be seen when examining the broader historical and social context. During the era of European colonialism and the Atlantic slave trade, the concept of hard work and producti productivity became intertwined with race. Now, let's examine this. Okay, so apparently during the Atlantic slave trade, uh, years, the concept of hard work and productivity became intertwined with race. Who intertwined it? Let's see. Enslaved Africans were forced to work tirelessly from sunrise to sunset, and their white oppressors often used the rhetoric of hard work and discipline to justify their inhumane treatment. This created a false narrative that Africans were inherently lazy and needed the civilizing influence of their white masters to teach them the value of work. Now, to me, and, and I'm happy to hear your comments on this, I'd really, really like to know. And especially if you're someone uh, who does not share uh, my white skin, I'd be very curious to know how you feel about this. Because what it sounds like to me is this person that wrote this article has decided that because white people owned slaves and in, and let's see, they used rhetoric of hard work and discipline to justify the inhumane tre treatment that that created a false narrative that Africans were inherently lazy and needed civilizing. Does it create that narrative in your mind? I'm really curious, genuinely, because I think probably if I were a slave owner and thank God, I'm not one of those, nor hopefully ever would have been one of those, you know, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. If I were a slave owner, I think I would just want to work my slaves really, really hard, regardless of whether they were white or black, because we know that every race has been slaves at some point uh, during this world, during this, uh, well, while the world's been here, right? Regardless, I'd want to get as much out of them as I possibly could. It, that seems reasonable because I don't have to pay them overtime. I don't have to pay them at all. I just have to feed them and maybe put a roof over their head. And that's about it. So yeah, work them hard, right? It, but does that mean because like they wouldn't work hard otherwise? I think the person that wrote this article created that narrative in 
his or her mind, I don't even honestly remember who this is, um, Anthony, Anthony Bernardi. So I'm assuming that would be uh, his mind that uh, in which this happened. So the question is, what's the point of this article? Because I often feel like uh, a lot of what I read nowadays is just designed to tick people off to make us not like each other even more than we are perceived to not like each other. Because I believe this. I believe that most of the people that listen to this show are similar to most of the people in this country and in this world, in that mostly we value most of the same things. That's what I believe. We have some really strong differences of opinion on some things. And, and when it comes to health and wellness, that was brought to bear big time during COVID. And I'll talk about that towards the end of this rant. But um, I just don't see how he's connecting the dots here. I think it's real simple. Slave owners wanted to get as much out of their slaves as they could. And so back then, especially where they were working under candlelight, um, yeah, early to rise made all kinds of sense and work hard of course, made all kinds of sense, regardless of the color of anybody's skin. This stereotype, he continues, has persisted and continues to be perpetuated in various forms, such as the model minority myth, which suggests that certain racial and ethnic groups are inherently more disciplined and successful than others. The impact of early rising narrative on racial inequality is the next uh, part of this article. The idea that waking up early is a sign of superior work ethic and a key to success serves to reinforce racial inequalities in several ways. Okay, so I have to stop here and ask the question, at what point in that sentence... The idea that waking up early is a sign of superior work ethic and a key to success serves to reinforce racial inequalities in several ways. How? When I started off the show, I didn't say white people early to bed, early to rise makes them healthy, wealthy, and wise, or black people, or Hispanic people, or men, or women, or Jewish people, or Mormons, or Catholics. I just didn't say any of those things. It was a general statement that I think, frankly, has proven mostly to be true. That's my opinion. But early to bed, early to rise probably does make a man healthier, wealthier, and wiser. And as I said, when I do it, I get rewarded for it. Okay. But this person, Anthony, is saying the idea that waking up early is a sign of a superior work ethic and a key to success serves to reinforce racial inequalities. To me, what I think is being said here, and I can't get into this person's head, I think it would be quite impossible for me to do that, uh, both literally and figuratively, because whatever's going on in there is hard for me to understand, okay? But it sounds to me like he's saying that some races simply don't get up early as other races get up as early. And I think because he's coming at this from a white supremacist place, he's saying that people who are not white don't get up early. And so we shouldn't talk about that because that's racist, I guess. But 
I know people that aren't white that get up early and go to work and work hard. There's lots of people like that. And boy, do I know lots of lazy white people. And I mean, yeah, I'll say it. Lazy white people that lay all, lay around all day and don't do much. Playing video games. They're, you know, browsing the internet for who knows what. And you know what? I kind of think that uh, there are cultural norms, I guess, to some degree, for sure. But I don't think it has anything to do with race. I think it has nothing to do with race. And I think this person is essentially creating a racist thing out of thin air, which in so doing is very racist (laughs) and stereotyping the people that he says he's trying to bring social justice to. Now, there's a lot more here. Um, there's a lot more here because he also says, furthermore, the early rising narrative perpetuates the stereotype that people of color are lazy or lack discipline. Does it? Does it perpetuate that? Because who said that black people or people of color, as he said, because he's lumping in a lot of different races, I assume here. Who said that uh, people of color are lazy and lack discipline and don't get up early. Well, he's saying it. He's the only one saying it. Nobody else is writing articles saying this about people of color. He's saying that they don't, and therefore it's racist for us to say that they should. This is some twisted up stuff. And here's the thing. Why am I giving any thought to this at all? Well, two reasons. One, it's absurd. And I do believe that part of my job at Vitality Radio is to point out the absurd. Because one of the things that I've always stood for since I started this show almost 16 years ago now, one of the things I've always stood for is to point out propaganda when it comes to health. And what the last thing I want, especially from someone who could maybe be influenced by this, probably someone a little younger, I guess, I don't know. I hope you weren't influenced by this, but if you were, it's okay. As long as you're listening to a different side of the picture. The different side is really simple, and that is that this type of article could potentially encourage people to think that they are actually perpetuating racism by getting up early and being productive. Now, I pray that there is a very, very minuscule minority of people of all colors that would actually believe anything that is stated in this ridiculous article. I also hope that there is a very, 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 very small minority of people that will take this and become more racist because of it. Because in my view, this is a racist article written by a racist about racists. Does that make sense? It's like when the far right throws at the far left or the far left throws at the far right, whatever that even means. They're both extreme, so you can't trust either side that much, can you? If that's what they are, if they're extremists, well, I'm going to talk about extremism towards the end of this rant. 
And I'm going to try and get this done pretty quick for you. I don't want to take up your whole day with this craziness. Response to the backlash. This same author, Anthony, said, The power of social media is both a blessing and a curse. It has given voices to the voiceless, connected people across the globe, and allowed for the exchange of ideas like never before. However, this great power comes... uh, This... With great power comes great responsibility, clearly a Spider-Man fan, and sometimes that responsibility falls into the wrong hands. As an author on Medium, I have recently become the target of harassment by the alt-right on Twitter, a situation that's been exacerbated by the implementation of a free speech policy under Elon Musk's ownership of the platform. His complaint is that people should not be able to complain about his article because there shouldn't be free speech for everyone, only for him, which also, unfortunately, falls under the category (laughs) of discrimination and potentially racism. So check yourself, Anthony. Take a good look in the mirror, but not at your skin color, at what you have actually led yourself to believe and what an extremist actually looks like. You will see one when you look. It doesn't take much. All right, the next article I want to talk about is this one, written by Cynthia Miller Idris, an expert on extremism. Man, do I love that title. An expert on extremism. I mean, at least Anthony isn't an expert on uh, white supremacy, clearly. <laughs> well, either way, she wrote a much mocked column that went viral on Monday a couple weeks ago as people blasted her suggestion that working out was tied to extremism. So yes, we're talking about health here. We're talking about getting up early and being productive. And we're talking about working out. The far right's obsession with fitness is going digital, she says. Why the far right is really into home fitness. You know what? I guess I am a far right extremist because I bought a Peloton a few months ago because I wanted to get more fit. I wanted to get more fit and I wanted to encourage myself to get up earlier and jump on that bike to get myself there. Now, if that's white supremacism, white supremacy, (laughs) if that's what that is, I guess, I don't know. I I don't think that's what it is. I think that's the difference. I think that's actually the difference. I think the difference between white supremacy and not white supremacy is that the people who claim to hate white supremacy are some of the biggest racists on the planet. And I really do believe that. So this particular expert said something, well, so crazy. Now, MSNBC did change the article heading, or uh, sorry, the uh, article title. It was why the far right is really into home fitness. And then they changed it to... uh, they changed it to pandemic fitness trends have gone extreme, literally. Well, that's a little more calm, but the article's the same. And it was written in March of 2022, and then they put it back out a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why, but what they thought they would gain from this. And I don't know how I missed it the first time, but it went viral this time. Um, the image uh, is actually of someone flexing their bicep with a bunch of Hitler youth in the background. So getting fit and stronger makes you a Nazi, according to this person. And that's kind of what she says. I won't read the whole article. It's incredible. But uh, that's essentially what she's saying. And of course, Joe Rogan weighed in on it. Elon Musk weighed in on it. Um, It's really, it's just crazy stuff. But basically that uh, somehow or another, getting fit 
would actually be a white supremacist thing to do. And of course, according to Anthony, uh, getting up early is a white supremacist thing to do. So early to bed, early to rise, getting some exercise makes you a white supremacist. Now, if you're not white, I don't even know what it makes you. I guess it still makes you a racist, I have to assume. I, I don't know how these minds work. I don't get it. But this is my point of this entire thing, okay? And you can take my twist on it or leave it. It's up to you. But this is how I see it. Once again, it's a buyer beware, or in case in this case, reader beware. One of these articles was from an independent source, medium.com. Not a small source. They've raised over $130 million, so they're a big player in media. But regardless, not NBC, CNN, Fox, and so on, right? The other, though, was from a bought and paid for site called MSNBC, which is owned by the pharmaceutical industry, largely. Uh, and uh, so it isn't always major corporate media that makes things up uh, to push a narrative. It can come from anywhere. Just this morning, I was reading a post on uh, Instagram from someone that I respect a lot. She said what she said. It was largely opinion, not backed up by a lot of science, near as I could tell. And it had to do with a natural supplement that I am a big fan of. I'm not going to go into it now because I'm going to share this with you later after I've done a little bit more research to make sure that I'm not just uh, spouting off uh, about things that I believe that might not actually be true. I'm good with opinions. I really don't care. Everybody's got one. I've got plenty of them myself, and I'm not always right. I know that. Um, but she also said a lot of things that can't be proven, that haven't been proven, and other things that are simply proven clinically to not be true. Like I said, I'm going to detail on this very, very soon on another episode of Vitality Radio. But I bring that up because here we have medium.com, which I don't put a lot of stock in, msnbc.com. I don't put a lot of stock in that. Frankly, I don't put up much stock in any of these major corporate media players, whether they're billion-dollar companies or million-dollar companies. I tend to like to get my stuff from places like Substack um, and uh, podcasts and things like that, where I feel like I have more of a connection to the individual who's actually giving me the information, and I can then vet that information. But uh, this person is someone who I have read a lot from, and I would say eight out of 10 times agree very much with her. I don't have a problem with her disagreeing with me at all. In fact, I think it's healthy because I don't want to be religious about what I believe, not when it comes to health and nutrition and politics. When politics becomes religion, it's gone too far and then extremism happens, right? That's where it goes. And we need to be, I think, as a citizenry, very, very cautious about taking a stand that is so strong and so deep-rooted that we aren't willing to listen to new evidence, new information that may actually change our tune on that thing. Now, we once you earn a truth, it's the way I put it, you've really dug in, you've educated yourself, you've looked at both sides of it. You've maybe even proven it uh, with, you know, a supplement, for instance, that's done something for your body or a change in your diet that's done something for your body or a type of exercise that's done something for your body, all of which, by the way, are white supremacist. But regardless of that, once you've earned a truth, I think you can plant it in the ground pretty strongly. I think you can stand by it. But what I believe is maybe the biggest mistake that we make in this world today, and I especially see it here in the good old U.S. of A, 
is that we plant our stake in the ground based on what somebody else told us about a thing. I was very much that way as a younger man. I just believed what my dad told me. Thank goodness, I think my dad was a man of integrity and most of what he believed, I've been able to essentially prove to myself was really true, but not everything. There were some areas that I very much disagree with my father now. And that's okay because he wasn't trying to lead me down a bad path. He was just sharing what he believed was true. And as I raise my children, I try really, really hard now, not so much as a younger father, to be cautious about what I'm actually teaching and how well I believe I actually understand what that thing is. This can be a real challenge for parents. It can be a real challenge for humanity because, unfortunately, we tend to get our information from one side of whatever or another side. And it's really interesting because during the uh, COVID years, I started a podcast um, a couple of years after COVID started called the Dearly Discarded Podcast. I still do an episode every two or three weeks on that show. And it's all about people who are injured by the COVID vaccines. Now, I was coming into COVID with a very healthy skepticism about everything that Fallacy, Dr. Anthony Fallacy was saying. I had a very healthy skepticism about everything Trump was saying about COVID. I had a very healthy skepticism about everything Biden was saying about COVID. And frankly, I thought they were both absolutely, almost completely dead wrong in every possible way. One is apparently a uh, you know far-right extremist, and another one is a far-left extremist. And I actually think, I just say that because it's fun. One's on the left, one's on the right. You can think whatever you want to think about these people. I don't really care. When it came to COVID, I had a very, very strong conviction that something was wrong, that this wasn't what we were being told it was. And it proved out that I was, well, I'm going to say that right about almost everything that I suspected. And I've been proven right by the almost 3 million reports to the vaccine adverse events reporting system after the COVID jabs. I have met Dozens and dozens and dozens and rallied with these people who have been injured. I've interviewed now over 30 of them who've been injured and or the families of those who've been killed. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have watched people's health degrade after these shots. And yet when I told people, and this is what I said, you can go back and listen to this episode. We don't know what we don't know. That's what I said. I didn't say that these shots were full of this or that or anything else. I didn't know what was in them. What I knew is that we didn't know enough to feel safe putting it in our bodies. And I knew that COVID wasn't that dangerous for the vast, vast, vast majority of people, especially children. I knew that. And a lot of people knew that. But if you were only getting your information from one side, you only heard the opposite. And people like me were called far-right, extreme, conspiracy theory-believing anti-vaxxers. And I don't care what anybody calls me. I've gotten beyond that, for the most part. I don't care what almost anybody calls me. There are a few people. It could really hurt my feelings, but you get my point. I used to really care. I used to care a lot about what anybody said about me. I used to really, really care, and I used to pull punches on the radio and on the podcast, and I got nasty letters, 
And I had people tell me that I was killing people with what I was saying about pharmaceutical drugs and about the COVID jabs. And I was killing people about what I was saying about flu jabs and cholesterol medications. I've had letters from doctors telling me those things. I disagree. They disagree. That's fine. I don't care. I used to, though. There comes a time when we have to stand up boldly and speak the truth that we believe we have earned. And the only way to earn that truth, in my opinion, and this is 100% the world according to Jared, the only way to earn that truth is to study it out a few different ways. We've got to dig into the places that we don't like to look. In other words, someone like myself, I read stuff that the FDA puts out. I read stuff that the CDC puts out. I read stuff that pharma companies put out. I read their studies. I read what the NIH puts out. I read what Dr. Anthony Fallacy said. I dig into those places that I don't like to dig. They're frustrating. They're annoying. And in my opinion, most of the time, they're full of lies. But I try as much as I can to do it with an open mind to at least look at what's going on. And COVID was a really interesting challenge because early on in COVID, nobody knew anything. I didn't know anything. Nobody knew anything. But there was this really strong narrative that was being shoved down our throats and it just didn't feel right. So the first thing you do is educate yourself on what you already believe. Look for holes. Educate yourself on the other side of what you already believe. Look for holes on both sides of the story. And then give it a good, solid, spiritual smell test. And what do I mean by that? I mean, weigh it out in your heart and mind, not just your mind. If it sounds ridiculous, sometimes it's pretty easy. But a lot of times this stuff can be pretty compelling. And it doesn't sound ridiculous. It's not like getting up early as a white supremacist. That sounds ridiculous, at least to me. I guess I hope it does to you, but whatever. If it sounds ridiculous, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And that's probably pretty easy. I mean, these articles got just hammered by millions and millions of people, not just me. But... If it sounds pretty good, even if it's coming from me on Vitality Radio, you owe it to yourself to give it a real strong smell test. Dig around, see if you think what I'm saying or what anybody else is saying really makes sense. See if it's hyperbolic. See if it's educated. See if there's actually any data behind it. See if it's just an opinion. And then decide for yourself. Yeah, this is true for me or it's not. This works for me or it doesn't. Because that's ultimately how you'll protect your health. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the powers that be in mass media and in government and in pharma do not want a healthy group of people in this country or any other country. They don't. Sick people are better for business. Sick people are easier to control. They're not concerned about your health. Your health department isn't concerned about your health. 
The pharmaceutical company is not concerned about your health. The organizations, the American Medical Association, the American Diabetes Association, the American Lung Association, I think it's association, all of these people, they don't care. They don't care about your health. That's not what it's about. They are owned. They are owned. Simple as that. And so are the media companies that push their narrative. Find people who aren't owned. Listen to those people. Some of them won't make any sense, but some of them will. And there's real power in that. I hope this has been helpful. I felt like I needed to say it. I know I've ranted a little more than I was ranting in the past. And things just keep coming up that I feel like I've got to talk about. And hopefully that becomes interesting to you and useful information. If you have questions about anything you hear on this show, you can hit us up at vitalitynutrition.com or you can call us at 801-292-6662. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.